Hello, Praise Chapel Paramount. Pastor Omar Lopez here. We just started a new series called How Am I Feeling? And I talked about the subject of being overwhelmed. How many times in life do we feel like we're overwhelmed? And so I ministered out of Second Chronicles chapter 20 on a man named Jehoshaphat. How one of the first things he did was he turned to God and then he focused on God, not the problem. And then he thanked God in advance. And in that, he found the blessing. He realized that God was bigger than the problem. He realized the things that God had done in the past, and he realized that God keeps his promises. So whenever you feel overwhelmed, let God be the answer to your life. Well, welcome, everyone. I'm excited this morning over this message. I'm telling you, I'm really excited over this message, and I believe it's going to minister to a lot of people. And the reason why I know that, because it's ministered to me, even as I've gone through this message and uh, uh, the Lord has just put, put some things on my heart, I believe it'll, it'll minister to your life. And here's the thing I want to say to you, that in, in the last uh, three months, actually four months ago, when we begin to pray through what we were going to minister on, uh, in, in the month of March, we actually uh, had already planned it in February that we would be ministering on proximity. Some of you remember that message, being close to God. And then in April, we talked about erase. That was last month, how God can erase everything out of our lives, our rejection, our failures, our shame. And then this month is feeling, how am I feeling? Or I should say, I'm feeling this way. And so what we're going to be talking about is our emotion. Now, who would know that we would be in a place where right now there's a lot of emotions. I am feeling a certain way, but that was planned four months ago, folks. We didn't plan this message because of this virus and all the emotion that is going on and everything else that's happening in our world today. This was planned four months ago, but I believe it was God that put it in our heart that we would minister, I am feeling a certain way. And today I'm going to talk about I am feeling overwhelmed. How many people do you know, or maybe yourself, you have gone on the internet and you have put those words, I am feeling sad, I am feeling anxiety, I am feeling worried, and you're looking for a solution. You're looking for a, man, what can I do? And this sermon series, I want to say to you that despite the uncertainty in the world that we're in right now and all the pressure that we even put on ourselves, it's easy to get emotional. And I want to just say to you that God promised us over and over, no matter what comes against us, that God is with us. And so in this series, this series here in May, I want us to realize that God will help us navigate through all the emotions and all of these things as long as we trust God. And I want to just talk about this morning the fact that many times, we can feel so overwhelmed. So I want to say to you right now, you're in the right place. Turn to your neighbor, tell somebody, you're in the right place at the right time right now. And I really believe, this is what I want you to do, folks. Everyone that's watching, I, I promise you that it'll minister to people, it'll minister to you. Hit the share button, invite somebody right now let just hit the share button. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's free. And, and, and again, if you're on YouTube, just forward the, the link to someone. But I believe it's going to challenge some people, and I believe it's going to minister to some folks. So I'm going to pray. So, Father, right now, 
everyone that is watching, everyone that is just logged in, I pray the word of God would minister to their lives. I pray God remove the distraction, remove those things, God, that kind of uh, hinder us. And Lord, though we may be at home in our, our workplace, God, let us not be distracted. Let us give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of your spirit as I declare your word today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. So one of the most common complaints that people have, especially in the modern world that we live in, and of course during this pandemic, is I'm feeling overwhelmed. And that, that word overwhelmed, it's implying that, you know, uh, what's going on in my life right now is so, so many things, so many decisions, and it feels emotionally overwhelming uh, because it seems to uh, dominate my life. And it could be uh, uh, sadness, it could be worry, it could be anxiety, it could be a, a wave of emotions that we're feeling. And especially right now with the pandemic, of course, we can have this sense of uh, being overwhelmed. But let me just say this, even before this pandemic, even before all of this started, uh, there's just so much information out there that we can feel overwhelmed. And right now with so much information, I mean, just think about all the information that the, there is so much news. There is news 24 hours a day. I mean, do we really need that much news? There is world news. There is local news. There is national news. I mean, if you just want to hear news, it's everywhere. And just think of the information that we get, emails, texts, apps, social media, so much of that, and you can feel overwhelmed. I, I can just, I, I can recall going to, to the store one day and picking up some toothpaste. Uh, you know, my wife, hey, go get some toothpaste. And, and I like Colgate, but my goodness, uh, I didn't realize there are so many types of Colgate toothpaste. There's Max Fresh, there's Max Clean, there's Max White and Fresh and Whitening, there's Advanced Whitening, there's Sparkling Whitening, there's Cavity Protection, there's Tartar Protection, there's Spearmint, there's Gel, there's Gel with Baking Soda, and there's Baking Soda, I mean, my goodness, there's there's four ounce uh, uh, individual pack. There's six ounce. There's eight ounce. There's individual pack. There's two packs. There's three packs. You know, I I, I know about co I know about toothpaste. How how why there's just so much information, so many selections. And then if you just went to go get them. Some uh, some cough medicine. I mean, my goodness. There's a, uh, you know, there's the type of maximum cough and chest uh, congestion. There's severe and sore throat. There's cough and nasal. There's uh, 12 hours. There's 24 hours. There's mucus release. There's drowsy, non-drowsy. You get the point. We get so much information. We can feel overwhelmed. And of course, then there's, again, it's kind of funny. I know that, but I also, then it can get more serious where we can get really overwhelmed and we can get overwhelmed with some real serious stuff. Uh, we can be overwhelmed by debt. 
I'm never going to get out of debt. How am I going to get off? How am I going to pay off these loans, especially right now with this, uh, the economy slowing down? What about before the economy was slowing down? We felt overwhelmed with work. We were saying, man, there is so much work. I'm working every day. I never get a break. And now we're wondering, when can I go back to work? And so the Bible over and over shows us ways of emotions of different people in the Bible, different things that they went through. There are many people that were overwhelmed with guilt. They were overwhelmed with regret. They were overwhelmed with resentment. They were overwhelmed with a sense of insecurity. They were overwhelmed with worry. And today, many of you right now that are watching can have a sense of being overwhelmed financially, mentally, spiritually. Uh, you can feel overwhelmed with conflict right now, maybe your own marriage right now. You feel like my marriage is going south. Uh, things aren't working the way I want them to work. And so let me ask you a question. What do you do when you feel overwhelmed? What do most of us do when we feel overwhelmed? And I just want to say to you today that there's a great character in the Bible in fact, his, uh, he was a king in the Bible, and he's kind of have the strange name. His name was Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was his name. And I, I was thinking about Jehoshaphat, and, and what was, what's the short version of Jehoshaphat? I mean, what's the nickname that you call a guy by the name of Jehoshaphat? Like, if somebody says, call me Ed, usually their name is Edward or Eduardo or, uh, you know, um, Edgar or something like that, and they say, call me Ed. But I'm wondering what Jeho Jehoshaphat next nickname was. I mean, was it J-Fat? I mean, hey, J-Fat, I don't know. Could it have been J-Fat, but, but again, the great thing about this guy, J-Fat or Jehoshaphat, was that he was actually a really good guy. And the Bible says that he was the good king. In fact, he was part of a spiritual revival and a spiritual renewal uh, in the nation of Israel. So I want to uh, look at First uh, Chronicles chapter 19. I'll read you a verse of scripture, but I really want to focus on Second uh, Chronicles uh, uh, chapter 20 because I believe that is going to be our key, key scripture. But in Chronicles uh, 19, I believe it's Second Chronicles 19, Jehoshaphat goes to Jerusalem and, and he goes out among the people, the Bible says, uh, uh, to Beersheba, the hill, the hill country of Ephraim. And the Bible said that he went out there and he turned everyone back to the Lord. I mean, that is powerful that this king turned people back to the Lord. And there was this great spiritual awakening in the nation of Israel. But just like anything, anytime there's a victory, there's always after a victory, there's an attack. Every time you get blessed, there always seems to be a testing to that blessing. And in this particular time in Israel, they're having a great revival and a great move of God. The people have turned back to God, and all of a sudden, man, uh, uh, there is an attack. It's like, like you and I. We can be serving God. And we decide that we're going to get our act together. God's going to help us get our act together. And we're going to get back in alignment with God. And, and all of a sudden, the moment you say that, there's someone that hears what you say 
and we know who he is. He's an enemy of God. His name is Satan. The moment you start saying that you're going to get right with God, the moment you start saying, I'm going to go to church, the moment you start saying, I'm going to read the Bible, the moment you begin to say, I'm going to worship God, uh, the devil hears that, uh, and he comes against your life. He didn't bother you before because he had you. But the moment you start saying, I'm going to go a different direction, you can bet the enemy is going to come against you. And that's exactly what happened to Jehoshaphat, uh, uh, nicknamed Japhat, and 2 Chronicles chapter 20. What happened to him? And I want to read this verse of scripture because I think it's really great. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number one, it says, after this, in other words, after this revival, it says, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Munites uh, all declared war on King Jehoshaphat. So get the idea here. There's this small nation of Israel, and the Bible says these three other nations gathered together to come against the nation of Israel. The scripture said the messengers told him they're the huge combined army, and now they're marching against you beyond the Dead Sea. So this is an overwhelming experience. Here is Jehoshaphat. He has, he has the spiritual victory, but all of a sudden now, three enemies come together and they're ganging up on him. It, 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 it's difficult enough to fight one enemy. How many have ever gotten to fight with one person, but have you ever gotten to fight with three people where they're, they're going to gang tackle you? They're coming against you from every angle. It's like a WrestleMania, man. They're tag, tag teaming each other, and they're coming all from different places. And so can you imagine? Here he is. He's getting hit from every angle, and he hears these three enemies have come together. They've, they've colluded together to come and fight and destroy him. And the Bible says the name of the armies were the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Minunites. And, and so they were friends with the Cellulites, the Appetites, and the uh, Electrolytes, right? Uh, and they had the, the worst tribe was the... Uh, parasites and the termites so now all of these guys were coming against them and, and, and of course we know the force with with the jedi knights so and anyway we got the, through that but here we go the moabites the ammonites and the minionites they came it was a triple threat right they were overwhelmed and look at what it says in verse number three jehoshaphat was badly shaken by the news and so what did he do he prayed to the lord for guidance and he gave orders, look at what he does, for a fast to be observed throughout the country. Now, what a powerful thing. There's a lesson here. The very first part, the very first thing that he does when he feels overwhelmed is he doesn't let the problem intimidate him, but it motivates him to pray. He says, you know what? I'm not going to let the problem intimidate me. I'm not going to let this begin to overwhelm me and give up. It motivates him to trust God more, to pray more, to believe more, to depend on God more. He said, I'm not going to let it be, uh, uh, stop, me, uh, stop my motivation. Uh, it's going to get me to motivate, not demotivate. It, I'm not going to allow it to intimidate my life. And so this guy personally begins to pray. The Bible says he prayed. And then he gets the whole nation to pray. I want you to observe this. And then he does a public prayer. 
And so I want to look at five things that this guy, I'm going to go through them as quickly as I can. Five things that I believe Jehoshaphat did when he felt overwhelmed that you and I need to do. So you need to get your notepad out. You need to get your phone out. Uh, you need to write these things down because I believe it's going to help you when you feel overwhelmed or you may be feeling that way right now, wondering, man, what is going on? I thought this thing was going to be over by now. I thought it would be over in a few weeks. And now we're hearing this, we're hearing that. And we can have this feeling of being overwhelmed. And the first thing that this guy does, and write this down, he turned to God for help. Tell someone, turn to God. Turn to God right now. He didn't turn to the television. He didn't turn to the internet. He didn't turn to a counselor or a psychiatrist or their government. I'm not saying any of those things, to, any of those people are bad, but he turned to who first? He turned to God first. The moment that he felt this overwhelm, overwhelming emotion, he said, I'm turning to God. See, can I tell you something? Planning is good, <clears throat> and we ought to plan, but I want to say this to you. Before you turn to your plan, you need to turn to God. And a lot of people, what they'll do is their first choice isn't to pray, but it's the last resort. Like, man, there's nothing we can do, so now we, we might as well pray. You know, is it that bad? Now we just got, might as well pray. We don't know what else to do. This guy, the first choice that he does and he, he doesn't turn to his plan. He doesn't turn to his generals. He doesn't turn to any of these things. He says, we're going to pray. And he basically says, God, we're, we got the enemy coming against us. We're about to get into a rumble. We're about to get into a fight here, God. And, and I, I don't know what to do. This is what I believe we need to do when we feel overwhelmed financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally right now. We need to be turning to God. Turn to God first. Tell your neighbor, turn to God first. If you don't have a neighbor, look at me. Turn to God first. So here, verse number four of 2 Chronicles 20 says, the entire country of Judah united together seeking God's help. And look at what it said. They came from all the cities to pray to God. And I mean, we need leaders like this. We need leaders in our nation like this to get our whole nation turning toward God right now. He is the answer. And verse 5 says, then Jehoshaphat stood before all the people of the nation. What did he do? He prayed aloud. He led them and a public prayer. Don't you wish, don't you hope that our nation that would have leaders today, that we could put aside the politics, that we could put aside today the logos, the egos, the colors, and all of that, and say, what we need to do is come together and pray. We need to believe God together and pray. In fact, this Thursday, May 7th, we're going to have a national day of prayer. We're going to be praying together. We're going to believe God. We're going to do one on Facebook. We're going to do a national day of prayer. Uh, the churches here in Paramount, we'll, we'll put the link on there and we're going to be praying together Thursday at noon around 12:15. We've done this uh, uh, for, for many years now here in the city of Paramount and we're not going to stop now. And it just so happened that May 7th uh, uh, is the national day of prayer and we're going to come together and pray. So I want to encourage you uh, to do that with us this May and uh, or May 7th here and let's believe God because see I'm, I'm here to tell you if it's big enough to worry about it's big enough to pray about 
And you may say, well, my problem that I'm worried about is small. If it's small enough to worry about, it's important enough to pray about. And that's exactly what this guy does. He's feeling overwhelmed. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling under attack. And he turns to God first. The second thing that he does is he focuses on God and not the problem. And I believe that's the, the issue sometimes. We focus on the problem and not God. Not, not, not what he does. He focuses on God first, and he doesn't focus on the problem. He doesn't focus on the attackers. He doesn't focus on the circumstances, but he is focusing on God. You ever ask someone how things are going? They say, well, it's doing okay under the circumstances. How are we under the circumstances and not on top of the circumstances? You know what? The circumstances should be like a mattress. When you sleep on top of it, you rest. But if you're under a mattress, you're going to suffocate. Don't let your circumstances suffocate you. We've got to learn today to turn to God and basically focus on God and not the problem. And this is what this guy does. He's focusing on God. See, when you pray, you need to turn to God. You need to focus on God and not on the problem. That's what people say. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough work. I don't have good enough health. I don't have enough wisdom. I don't have enough opportunity. Turn it off the problem and turn to the solution and turn to God. It all depends what you have your eyes on. Uh, the, the woman that was in Cory uh, uh, Ten Boone, uh, she wrote the famous book, The Hiding Place. She was in the Holocaust. She wrote this, and I've said it before, but I, I love what she said. If you look at the world, you're going to be distressed. And how many know there's a lot of things you can be distressed about right now in the world? He goes, if you look within, you're going to be depressed. How many know sometimes in our own selves, there's so much brokenness, it can be depressing. But he goes, but if you look at Christ, you're going to be at rest. It all depends what you're focused on today. If you focus on God and not the negative things today, you won't be so overwhelmed. And so Jehoshaphat does a few things to focus on God. And I want to just give you a few key things here. Remember, number one, how big God is. When you focus on God, you've got to remember how big God is. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, I need to remember that we serve a big God, that God is bigger than any problem. I've always said this, God is large and in charge. Your problem shrinks when God expands in your life. The bigger God is, the smaller your problem becomes. And the first thing that he does, I want you to see this because it's outlined here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, see 2020, that you need to focus on 2 Chronicles chapter 20. But the first thing that he does is God is powerful and in control. And this is what he does in verse number six, because how many know nothing's too hard for God? Nothing is impossible with God. And what he says is, Lord, are you not the God who is in heaven? So he's making a declaration in his prayer. And he said, God, are you not the God who is in heaven? He said, you rule all the kingdoms of the nation. Power and might are in your hand 
and no one can withstand you. So he is declaring the bigness of God. He is reminding God of who he is, not because God needs reminding, but again, he is saying to God, God, I am, I am quoting your word. I'm quoting who you are here today, and I'm reminding, not for his sake, but he's reminding and saying, God, you're bigger than this problem. And this kind of reminding is not, the, again, for God's sake, it's for his sake. It's more of a covenant keeping reminding. How many of you have ever had a child or you remember when you were a kid and and if you had a child, your child were, would say, okay, dad, uh, you know, I finished the dishes. You promised me ice cream. Your child was not afraid to remind you of the promise you made. Oh, God, uh, or Dad, you promised that you would help me with my homework because of the intimate relationship, the child that you have, or when you were a child reminding your parent, you were not afraid to bring the promise up. This is exactly what Jehoshaphat is doing. He is reminding God. He's declaring God. Uh, he's reminding and conveying like a trust of a child and saying, God, I'm reminded of who you are. You are powerful and great. Man, that's good. I'm preaching better than you're commenting right now. And then he says, I remember what God has done in the past. So if we're going to focus on God, if we're going to turn to him today, we need to remember what God has done in the past. I'll tell you what, uh, some, of the, some of the people that I've met in, in life, especially Christians, they have more amnesia than, uh, than I've ever met anyone in my life. They just seem to forget all that God has done in the past, all that God has, they quickly forget. You know, it's like the next trial could be the following week and they forgot about the trial before that and the trial before that and the battle and where where they used to be. They're not where they used to be and yet they get amnesia like, where is God? My goodness, you're a walking miracle. You shouldn't even be alive today, but by the grace of God. So don't forget what God has brought you out of and what God had done in the past. See, when we get ourselves in the pickle, we need to understand today. We need to recollect. We need to recall and remember that, you know what? God has done things in the past. He's going to do it today. And in verse 7, he said, Oh God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land before you brought your people Israel here? So he's reminding himself reminding God and saying, Lord, uh, you, you're the one that brought us here because it was by Abraham and then Jacob that they ended up in Egypt. Remember that? And, and they were enslaved for 400 years. And of course, uh, Moses brought them out of there. So he's reminding God. He's saying, God, uh, you're the one. Did you not drive out those who lived here so that we can be here? God, you've taken care of us in the past and we expect, God, that you're going to take care of us now. So God is a big God, and God has helped us in the past. And then he says four areas here how God has done this. He says four areas what God had done in the past. In verse number nine, he said, you helped us when we went through disaster. God, you helped us when we went through wars, it says. Let me go back to that. I'm getting out of my thing here. You helped us when we went through epidemics and illnesses. 
and you helped us when we went through famines and hunger. God, when we were going through all those things, you helped us. So we're reminding God of, uh, we're turning to God and we're reminding God of what he's done in the past. And then we, remi we remember what God has promised. How many know we serve a God that keeps his promises? There are 7,000 promises in the word of God. And we need to remember that. Some of you need to memorize your Bible. Some of you need to remember some of your scriptures here. And how do I know when people don't remember the promises of God? How do you know if someone doesn't remember God's promises? It's real simple. You're worried. When you're so worried and overwhelmed, that's a sign that you don't remember God's promises in your life. That's a sign and a symptom that you don't hold on to the promises of God, that God's going to take care of you. In verse number seven, he said, you did not give this land to your friend Abraham's descendants. Uh, or, or, and he said, and did you not? Again, he's saying to God, he's making that de declaration, give this land to your friend Abraham's descendants to be there forever. Again, he is saying to God, he's making a declaration of God's promise and saying, God, didn't you promise this, this land? In fact, isn't this considered the promised land? Hallelujah. Who, uh, God, are you not the, the one that has kept the promise? And he's making this in confidence. And then the last thing that he does, because he's turning to God, he says, God, uh, I, I, I'm going to appeal to your character. In other words, I'm endorsing your character. I'm ratifying who you are. I know what kind of God you are, he's saying. You're a good God. You're a loving God. You're a trusting God. You're a faithful God. But then he says, if you're going to read this verse, but then he says, right now, things aren't good. Right now, things are not just. They're about to destroy us. And again, he's pointing out that, you know, Moses had released him for 400 years. And in fact, if you go into the history of what's happening here in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, these three tribes were there on the other side of the Jordan and God had told them, don't, don't fight against them. Leave them there. They're on the other side. So he's saying, God, you're the one that told us not to bother them. You're the one that told us not to go and battle with them. You're the one that told us not to leave them alone. And yet they're the very ones that are attacking us now. In verse 10 and 12, you, you, you said this, you would not let us invade them when you brought us out of Egypt. And this is how you repay us. Will you not stop them from invading us right now? In other words, he's saying, God, I'm turning to you. Because I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. You're the one that told us to leave these nations to, to, uh, alone. And now here we are. And God, I'm not focusing on my problem. I'm focusing on you. And basically, he's calling God out. God, I'm calling you out on your promises. I'm calling you out to keep your promise. And God, I know you can handle this. And he said, I'm calling you out. I'm making that declaration right now because I know you're powerful and I know you're mighty. Hallelujah. Now, the third thing I want you to write this down is he had to admit, number one, that he didn't have the ability or he, he, or he had to admit his inability, I should say, and that he, was, he lacked the power to do it himself. Many times we think we could do it on our own. We need God's help. He says, I don't have the power. He says, I don't got what it takes. See, a lot of us, we have to humble ourselves and say, God, you know what? I don't have the power. I don't have everything that it takes. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt powerless? 
where you felt, man, there's nothing I can do. I mean, we feel a sense of that right now. Uh, there's not a whole lot we can do over this virus. Uh, how about how about some of the simple things? Have you ever had, uh, have you ever held a little baby, you know, and, and man, I'll tell you what, uh, have you ever felt powerless when there's a baby that's screaming and crying and you don't know what to do, especially if you're a guy like, what do I do? Here, you know, you're trying to do something. And here the 22-pound baby is controlling your life because you don't know what to do and you feel powerless. A lot of us feel powerless with our finances. A lot of us feel powerless with our work. A lot of us feel powerless with our marriage. And we have to be willing to admit we don't have the power in ourselves to do it. And so he prays this in verse number 12. We are powerless, he says, against this mighty army right now that's coming against us. He said, it's about to attack us and we don't know what to do. You see the humility in that? He's saying, God, we don't have it together. We don't, we don't know what to do. And then he said, but we're looking to you, God, for help. And look at what it says. I love this verse right here. It says, all the men of Judah, I mean, these were real men. These were men of battle. They stood before the Lord. They're not embarrassed. And they said, with their wives, they were there with their wives, their your young children, and even their babies. So this whole nation has come out to pray, and it's basically saying, God, we can't do it on our own. We need your help. Our planning, our all of these things, we need your help. Jehoshaphat said, we are powerless, God. We need you to help us. And I believe today that is the key. I don't believe men are the key. We need, to, we need to look to the one who is the key. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the key. So what happens when we're feeling overwhelmed? What happens when all of these things are hap- uh, going on in our lives? Number one, we look to God first. We say, God, uh, you're the one. Uh, you're the one that's going to help us. God, we turn to you. We don't focus on the problem. We focus on you. And then we say, God, we're powerless and we need your help. And this is God's response. I love the way God responds to him because God basically says uh, in verse number 15 of 2 Chronicles 20, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. Fear not or be discouraged by this vast army for the battle what is not yours, but what it belongs to God. For the battle belongs to the Lord. We sing that song. This is where they get this song from. These are the lyrics to that song. For the battle belongs to the Lord. Of course, I can't sing it as good, but the battle belongs to God. It does not belong to us. We're going to see your victory. So why are we tired? Why are we weary? Because you're trying to fight a battle that doesn't belong to you. You're trying to fight God's battle. You're acting like God. You're trying to fight a battle that doesn't belong to you in the first place. It's not your battle. God's telling them, it's not your battle. This is not your battle. This is not your problem. Uh, You know, so many of us this morning, we try to be fixers. We try to be rescuers. We're trying to rescue people all the time. We're trying to fix people all the time. We're trying to fix this person and fix the world and, and fix that person. You're trying to fix this person's fault. You can't even fix your own fault. You're trying to fix somebody out. You can't even fix yourself. You need to tell someone today, tell somebody this, there is a God and I'm not him. That's right. There is a God and I'm not him. See, what we're doing when we try to fight God's battle, 
We're trying to be God. We're trying to be the one in control. We're trying to be the one that can control everything. And I'm telling you, God doesn't need our help. A lot of us will say, I let God down. You were never helping him up. God today is in control. And so if we're not careful today, we're trying to do everything on our own. The battle belongs to God. It's not your battle. Have you ever been on a plane? Could you imagine if I got on a plane? I'm going to give you this illustration. It's a little corny, but it, I think it, it, it sends the message. So you're on. The, imagine if I got on the plane and as that plane was taking off, I began to just flap my, my, my arms like this. And the stewardess said, sir, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm helping the plane take off because I'm flapping. And otherwise, if I don't flap, this plane is going to crash. And the stewardess would say, sir, this plane is powerful enough. It doesn't need your help. But I keep saying, no, it does need my help. Otherwise, it's going to crash. I need to hold up the plane and I need to keep flapping. And can you imagine if after a while, after 45 minutes or an hour, I'll get tired and finally give up and I realize that, you know what, the plane didn't crash because I wasn't helping the plane fly to begin with. I wasn't keeping it up to begin with. Can I tell you something right now? God doesn't need your help. God is all powerful, all on his own. When you're facing a battle, friends, stop flapping. Stop, stop trying to do things by yourself. You don't realize today that God is powerful enough. He's in control today. He can handle it. Turn to someone and say, he can handle it. And I, I, again, I, I want to tell you, don't try to play God. Uh, the, God. The Bible says, God tells them, fear not, for this is my battle. See, there is a God, and I'm not him. You need to tell someone that. There is a God, and I'm not him. See, this battle belongs to God. And verse 17, God says, you won't need to fight in this battle. I love this. Just stand strong. Man, I love that. Stand in confidence in your place, and you will see the Lord saves you. Judah and Jerusalem, don't be afraid or discouraged because the Lord is with you. So they all bowed down. And what did they do? They began to worship. See, isn't it better to worship rather than, than worry? A lot of us this morning, instead of panic, we, we ought to pray and praise instead of panicking. And he tells them, don't fight. Just stand. Don't run. Don't worry. He said, don't try to carry the world on your shoulders. We have what I call the Loteria Complex. And some of you that don't speak Spanish or don't remember this game called the Loteria, but there's a guy on the card, and maybe somebody wants to post it on there. He's called El Mundo, and he's holding up the whole world on his arms like this. And a lot of us this morning, we're trying to hold up everything ourselves. You need God. Stop trying to be El Mundo. Stop trying to be El Mundo. This is God. He's in charge. He stands strong. And when we look to God, he can handle the situation. And so God is saying, watch me do the miracle. But what I need you to do is stand in confidence. Stand and know that I'm with you. Don't run. Don't fight. Don't go in a flight. Amen. We, a lot of us this morning, we fight or we flight. We just take off. God says, no, just stay where you're at. Don't run from the situation. Face it head on. 
There's a lot of people in church that way. Instead of facing their problem, they run from the problem. They go from one church to another because why? They never change. They're always running. They're not letting God fight their battle, and they're never going to learn anything. They're never going to change. I put that in there for free. Verse number 15 and 11 says, don't be discouraged and don't be afraid. Again, God is telling them over and over, I'm with you. And let me come out and tell you something. God's never lost a battle. In fact, can I just be honest with you? I'll give you a little secret. I read the end of the book of the Bible. We win. Hallelujah. There may be some battles that we may lose or we may have difficult, but we win the war because the battle belongs to God. Now, here's what I want you to write down. Second Chronicles 2020. You want, you want to know the vision for 2020? This is what he says. Second Chronicles 2020 says, put your faith in God and you'll be able to stand firm. So you want a word for 2020? There it is, 2 Chronicles 2020. Put your faith in God, and you'll be able to stand firm. Have faith in his prophets, and you'll succeed. Now, when he's saying put your faith in God, you'll be able to stand firm. He's saying trust God, trust his character. And when he's telling them trust in your prophets, in other words, the prophets and the men of God were those that wrote the scripture. He's saying stand on my word, not, not necessarily the word of the prophet, but the word that had been written and the word that had been proclaimed by God through the prophets. He says stand on my word, stand on my promises because I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do this. Now, here's the, here's the thing. I can't finish this whole message, but I want to just say this to you today. He said, he tells them to begin to praise him and thank God. And he said, that is going to be a power right there, the power of praise. In fact, one of the messages this month, I'm going to talk about the power of praise when, we, when, when we're feeling a certain way. But here it says, verse 21, the king appointed the musicians and the singers to the front of the army and they begin to praise God and he told them to sing and thank God for he is faithful and his love endures forever. He is faithful and his love endures forever. So he's put the choir, basically, could you imagine he put the worship team in the front of, of, of the army. And, and, and could you imagine in, in, in military, that, that would win against military strategy. You don't put the choir, you don't put the musicians, you don't put the singers in the front. Could you imagine how the worship team felt? Like, well, wait a minute, where are we at? Yeah, you're up in the front. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we don't have no weapons. Yeah, your praise is going to be your weapon. And they begin to praise God. They begin to thank God. This gratitude, here's the thing about it. See, most of us this morning, we thank God after something is done, that's called gratitude. But when you're thankful in advance, that's called faith because you're thanking God in advance that things are going to change. And the Bible says the moment they begin to praise God, that the armies of the Ammonites, the Bible says, uh, uh, of the Ammonites, it called the praise, called the Ammonites, the, the, all of them, they begin to fight among themselves and they destroyed each other. See, when we praise God, when we worship God, it confuses the enemy. We're thanking God in advance. And the Bible says, and I'll just finish this last point here. I can't get through it all. But they found the blessing of God because the Bible says the enemy, when they got there, all they saw was the enemy's dead body. They had consumed themselves because God had fought the battle for them. 
and they begin to uh, get all of the stuff that they had there. They, had, they plundered all the spoil, all, all the stuff that was left over, all the equipment, all the clothing, everything. And it took them four days to collect everything because God had blessed them and they called it the Valley of Baraka. The Valley of Baraka means the Valley of Blessing. They begin to celebrate and rejoice, the Bible says. Verse 27, then the Jehoshaphat led his troop, and they came back to Jerusalem. What were they doing? Celebrating with great victory that God had given them. They begin to rejoice. And I'm here to tell you today that in the midst of you feeling overwhelmed, we need to be turning to God. We need to begin to activate our praise and activate our prayer. We need to be shouting to God, not, not trying to fight your battle. We can't fight this battle. It's an unseen battle right now. And it's not only this virus, but a spiritual battle. And the way we fight the battle, it belongs to God. And we give God the thanks in advance. We're praising him in advance. We're worshiping, man. It ought to cause us to worship and praise God greater than ever before. So, Father, right now, I pray for the people of God that are out there, Lord, that are listening. God, whatever they're going through, whatever emotions they're feeling right now, maybe they're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe they are feeling discouraged. Maybe they're feeling depressed. Maybe today, God, they are feeling with all of this. And, God, today, that they won't look to the problem, but that they would look to you today. God, that they'll take their eyes off of the problem and be turning to you. That God, today, that they would again look to your character because, God, you're powerful. You're bigger than all of these issues. You're bigger than anything going on right now. You are bigger, God, right now. So we turn to you. I'm just going to pray right now. We're not going to go into a worship, but we're gonna, I'm going to pray right now for the grace of God over your life right now. I'm going to pray. That, that for everyone that's listening, that for everyone that logged in today, uh, believers, those that come to Praise Chapel, those that are on for the first time, I, I want to just pray against this anxiety. I want to pray against this, this overwhelming thing that comes over us. And I want us to realize today that we need to turn to God, that he is the blesser, that he's the one that provides. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, today that we're going to turn to you. That the first thing we do when we feel overwhelmed, that the first thing that we do when we feel like, God, we can't handle everything that's going on, we're going to turn to you right now. We're going to look to you, God. We're going to turn to you for help. And God, we're going to focus on you and not the problem. Because, God, we're reminded again of how big you are. You're big, God. We're reminded of what you've done in the past, God. You've helped us. We're reminded, God, of your promises, God. Your promises are yes and amen. We're reminded, God, of your character, Lord. You love us and you care for us today. And God, we admit today our inability. We admit our weakness, God, that we lack the power in ourselves. And God, today, we thank you in advance. Right now, we thank you right now in advance for what you're doing. And Lord, today, we thank you for your blessing. And we, we receive the blessing right now. God, we're not going to let these things overwhelm us or intimidate us, but we're looking to you for the answer in the name of Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. 
you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.